Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 1, 11 through 17, called Set Apart to Reveal His Son. Now, before we jump into verse 11, verse 10, we saw as a transitionary verse, and Paul talked about these words. He said, now, uh, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I just want to say something to you about this. One of the big things for me is that happened along this journey that I described to you very briefly is that the Lord confronted me on several occasions and said to me, as close as I can get to an audible voice, Michael, do you want to serve me or not? Who are you most concerned about pleasing? Because, you know, we're, when we're with our buddies and everything, we're all concerned about what everybody else thinks about us. And I just want to throw this out to you as a question. Have you made up your mind who you are? Have you made up your mind what you actually want to live for? Are you willing to live with the consequences, whatever they may be, with your friends and family, because you've made up your mind that you've been called and set apart by Jesus Christ? Once you do that, it becomes very freeing. Because now you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Because a lot of us, whether we really think this through or not, we're sometimes stalled out by the opinions of others. We're so worried about what so-and-so might think or how so-and-so might react or what will they think. You know, I used to make fun of Christians and now I'm one of them. What would this buddy think or that buddy think? You see, you have to decide. Are you going to serve Christ? Do you want to be used by him? Are you going to stop with the people-pleasing stuff and become a God-pleaser? That's something we all have to do. We have to set aside being driven by the approval of men and we need to say, Lord, I want to please you. That's no easy task because peer pressure is very real for all of us. Now, Paul gets to the origin of his message. He says, I want you to know this is a strong Greek word, which means this is A1 certified, you could say. It's a disclosure formula. I want you to know, says Paul, that the gospel I preached is not something man made up, if you have the NIV. The gospel that I preached is not something man made up. It has divine origin. I wrote this in my notes. It comes from the Father who so loved us, John 3.16, that he sent his Son. It comes from Jesus who gave himself up for me, loved me, and gave himself up for me, died on the cross for me. And it comes from the Holy Spirit, Titus 3.5, who saved us, God saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. This gospel that saved me is something that comes from the triune nature of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God loves you. That's why Jesus came. This is the gospel. And it's not something man-made up. It's something that comes from a divine source. Namely, God the Father, God the Son, 
and God the Holy Spirit. Have you heard this before? Oh, the Bible's just something that a group of men made up and, and just to help people feel better about their lives. Oh, I, I will tell you that sometimes the gospel doesn't make me feel better about my life at all. <laughs> Amen? Look, if I was going to write this story, I would write it quite differently. And I would probably write it with some things that, you know, are measurables. Like, okay, if you do these eight things, you can know that you're good, you know. No, 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 no. That's not the Bible's story. The Bible makes you and I totally dependent on the sacrifice of another and totally dependent on the power of another. And that's where a lot of us have our problem because we're so independent, so self-driven. That's why the cults, when they reach into people's lives and they give them you know, 10 things or 15 things that you can do, they're so effective because it pe appeals to something within me that says, oh, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I can leap tall buildings in a single bound, at least I used to be able to. I can. I can do it, I can do it, and if I can dot those I's, if I can have my list, cross those T's, then I'm good, right? Wrong. That's not what the gospel teaches. The gospel's divine origin tells you that you and I are in so much trouble that we needed a rescue mission from God himself. As one uh, author put it, the gospel tells me that I'm worse off than I thought I was. But the gospel also tells me I'm more loved than I could ever imagine. Amen? Amen? That's the gospel. And it's called the gospel of God. It's God's plan to save us. It's not man's plan. If you want some verses on the gospel of God, it says in Mark 1.14, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. In Romans 1.1, Paul says, I'm a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. 1 Peter 4.17 says, uh, For it is time for judgment to begin in the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? The gospel is God's saving message to man. And if you mess with it, you're messing with something that God has put forth to people. That's why in chapter 1, when we looked at verse 6, Paul said, I am amazed, verse 6, chapter 1, that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for what? For a different gospel which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we... Or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you. Well, he, that person, is to be accursed. Recently, one writer says a Kansas City pharmacist was charged with diluting cancer treatment drugs, Gemzar and Taxol, in order to make a larger profit. So far, uh, this is from a while ago, there are 20 felony counts against the pharmacist Robert Courtney, he admitting to diluting the drugs during a period of time spanning from November 2000 to March 2001. This man held life-saving power in his hands, but for the sake of personal gain, he diluted it to the point where it could not help people. 
People can do that the same way with God's saving truth. If you dilute the gospel, if you change it into a different gospel, you now rob it of its saving power. See, the saving power is within the message that God breathed out. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. But if you rob it of its core message, if you don't preach the, that Christ was crucified and raised from the dead for our justification, and you change it or dilute it or add man's program to it, you rob it of its power, and frankly to use Paul's language, you are under an anathema. You're under the curse of God. Now, that's some serious stuff, is it not, brethren? Now, why do you think God would say that? Because, well, what it puts at stake is people's souls. You can be wrong enough about God and salvation to lose your soul. Why do you think the devil works on such overtime to try to convince people that the Bible's false or the gospel's really not from uh, God, it's from man? Why? why? Why do people spend their whole lives trying to fight against God, which, by the way, is a losing battle? Because the enemy is on the prowl. So verses 11 and 12 of Galatians 1 have been called a foundational thesis statement. If you go back there, we can take them together. For I would have you know, brethren, Galatians 1, 11, that the gospel which I preached to you is not according to man. It's not man-made, not made up. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, says Paul, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. The gospel was not the consequence of a brainstorming session by a creative department. The gospel is not the outcome of a secret meeting or two with hooded people, as you see depicted in some places. It's a dark, smoky room, and there's hoods on people, and they come into the room. What should be in it? What should be out of it? This book's in. This book's out. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. See, see, people try to do that to make people nervous. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that the gospel's not from... No, wait a minute. The gospel is directly from Jesus to a man named Paul who was such an unexpected vessel. A man who was trying to destroy the Christian church. Have you noticed? God saves mobsters. He saves former Muslim terrorists. He saves people who were in all kinds of situations fighting against God. He seems to delight in saving people and using people like Moses who says, God, I, I can't, can't, can't talk real well. I'm going to use you. He uses unexpected people. Read the Old and New Testament. Fishermen from Galilee who would be made fun of in Jerusalem, who had no education, who had funny accents. Who smelled like fish. <laughs> what do you mean you're going to tell us something? And then they come into Jerusalem and the religious leadership says, well, one thing we know, these people seem to have been with Jesus. <laughs> they had power, boldness, unlike anything that people had seen. All people knew at that time was tradition and, oh, the Pharisees are so spiritual. Hopefully we can do enough good things. And it's like, no, God turned that whole thing upside down. 
God uses ordinary people for extraordinary things. Paul says, he gave it. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. He seems to delight in saving people and using people like Moses, who says, God, I I can't can't talk real well. I'm going to use you. He uses unexpected people. Read the Old and New Testament. Fishermen from Galilee who'd be made fun of in Jerusalem, who had no education, who had funny accents, who smelled like fish. What do you mean you're going to tell us something? And then they come into Jerusalem, and the religious leadership says, well, one thing we know, these people seem to have been with Jesus. They had power, boldness unlike anything that people had seen. All people knew at that time was tradition and, oh, the Pharisees are so spiritual and hopefully we can do enough good things. And it's like, no, God turned that whole thing upside down. God uses ordinary people for extraordinary things. Paul says, he gave it, verse 12, I received it. The gospel's from divine origin and it came to me the least of the apostles, I'm not even fit to be called an apostle, 1 Corinthians 15, 9, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, this 1 Corinthians 15, 10, toward me did not prove vain, but I labored more than them all, or all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God in me. The gospel is not a fairy tale. It's a revelation from God. It's an apocalypsis, if you like Greek words. It's an unveiling. It's a disclosure. The book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ, from Jesus Christ, about who Jesus is and about what's coming for this world. We call it the book of Revelation. 
And a revelation is an unveiling. It's a disclosure. It's a lifting off of the lid. It's a sacred secret once concealed, now revealed. And here's what it is. Jesus Christ saved sinners, among whom I am, Paul would say, the foremost of all. It was not from a creative department, not taken from TV, online, or social media. This is God's saving message. And it came to Paul in a remarkable incident. I'd like to show it to you. It's in Acts chapter 9. So three times we have uh, the testimony of Paul, once recorded by Luke, and then a couple of times Paul sharing the testimony, what happened to him when this revelation came his way. This is Acts 9. Look at verse 1. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder, Acts 9.1, against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest. He asked for letters from him to the synagogues, Acts 9.2, at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, any Christians, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, Saul was, it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Acts 9, 5. He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and it will be told you what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground. And though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. He was three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. Now, when Saul got knocked off his horse, if you will, and he was blinded, this is where the bulk of scholars believe he got the revelation of Jesus. Now, think about it. He saw the risen Lord, right? He saw a bright light, and we'll, we'll read some of the other accounts for a, in, a, in a moment. And he was blinded. And it may be that in the three days following that encounter is when the gospel in its fullness was revealed. Some of you might wonder about that. And you know he went off for a period of years to some other locations. But he immediately, after that three-day situation, he gets prayed for by Ananias. He gets baptized. And immediately he starts preaching Jesus in the city. So he already had the understanding of the gospel probably within that three-day period. Can you imagine the range of emotions as he met Jesus, he saw the risen Lord, and then Jesus began to reveal the gospel to him. First, he was confronted. Why, do you, why are you persecuting me? Which, by extension, means my people. I take that very seriously. And think about it. The bulk of the church at this point was Jewish so that Paul, Saul at this time, was persecuting his own people. He was so angry and frustrated with the Christian gospel that he was doing dastardly things to his own people. This great mystery was delivered to Paul. He said, I delivered what I received. I received it and delivered it, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Now, I want you to turn back, hold your place in the book of Acts. We'll come back there in a second. But I want you to see in Galatians 1, 13 and 14, a few other verses. And we move from a thesis statement in 11 and 12, if you're taking notes, 
The gospel that I got is from a divine source. It's from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit given to me. We saw when he got it, Acts 9. There's some mystery in how that all unfolded, but we've had that before us. And so you have the thesis statement, and now you have what's called an autobiographical section. A simple way to put that is Paul's now going to talk about his personal testimony to back up the divine origin of the gospel. He's going to say something like this. I wasn't going about looking for new truth. I wasn't on a quest, you know, going to mountaintops and there's got to be something more. No, he already believed he had the truth in Judaism. He wasn't going out talking to other sources or other people that allegedly were prophets or had holy books to see if he could find out truth. He wasn't on that kind of quest. He was actually trying to destroy something he thought was wrong, namely the gospel, which he became the chief spokesman of. So the thesis statement is the gospels of divine revelation, divine origin, and what backs that up is my totally unexpected conversion to it. So he says, for you've heard of my former, Galatians 1.13, manner of life in Judaism. How I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure. I tried to destroy it. Now, let's, let's move back to Acts. And I'm going to show you a few highlights of how Saul, who became Paul, ravaged the church. Just a few highlights, but I think they're worth looking at. Acts 8, look at verse 1. Saul, remember every time we see Saul, we're talking about the man who would become Paul. That was his previous name. Saul, Acts 8, 1, was in hearty agreement with putting him, Stephen, to death. On that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, They were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. This is Acts 8.2. Some devout men buried Stephen, made loud lamentation over him. Look at the pain that Saul caused. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. Acts 9, look at verse 1. Acts 9.1 Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. He asked for letters from him to the synagogues. We just read that, but look at how he was breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. How do you think people talked about this man in church prayer meetings, in uh, In plans, we're going to go and evangelize this area, but watch out for this guy named Saul. Man, he has no mercy. He's trying to destroy the church all the way to Acts 22. Paul ends up in Jerusalem later in the book of Acts. He's uh, beaten. Um, They're trying to kill him. And he gets rescued by the Roman guards that see the disturbance, Acts 22. And he, he wants to preach to them because he has compassion for them. And he says, Acts 22, verse 3, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, brought up in this city, educated under Gamaliel, strictly according to the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, just as you all are today. Now he's become a Christian. And I persecuted this way to death, binding and putting both men and women into prisons, as also the high priest and all the council of the elders can testify 
From them I also received letters to the brethren and started off for Damascus in order to bring even those who were there to Jerusalem and prisoners to be punished. You've been listening to Set Apart to Reveal His Son, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching it in Galatians 1, 11 through 17. And remember, you can watch the video of this message on walkintruth.com. Also, as a reminder, you can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on podcast. You can listen on our Living Truth app or all your favorite podcast apps. You know them all. Google Music, iPodcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the rest. You can listen to all the previous programs, too. So listen to the Walk in Truth podcast when you're walking around the block, when you're making dinner, maybe hanging out by the pool with some headphones on. You can listen to Walk in Truth anytime you'd like. And you can do that by downloading the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Hey, if we can pray for you or um, in any way minister to you, if you have something that you want to share about how the program has been a blessing to you, we would love for you to email us at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. We would love to hear from you, love to hear about you know how the program's blessing you, your uh, experience in terms of worship, and uh, just kind of where you're at and how we can pray for you. You can also give to us by mailing us at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. One more time, Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. A big shout out to all of you who are partnering with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for those of you who pray for us. Tell a friend about what you're hearing and keep walking in the spirit. We'll see you tomorrow on the broadcast. Join us tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter one called Set Apart to Reveal His Son. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.